Welcome back. What's up, y'all? This is Mo. And this is Toya. And welcome back to uh, a conversation with two Scorpios cruising on autopilot. You had a good week, Toya? Yes, it's been a very good week. Yeah, <laughs> a good week, right? A good week. <laughs> so it's the holiday season, and mm. we have been toying with the idea of grief. Um, Toya and I both have our own separate um, stories about grief, and I think we both realized that the holiday time is really, really hard extremely yeah when you're grieving i mean grieving is hard in general but mm -hmm. the holiday time is like super hard mm -hmm. super hard to process and oh it's so hard to get through it just makes you it brings you back to the first time yeah that something happens it seems like when it happened yeah yeah it brings you back to that yeah i think this holiday season for me thanksgiving was the first time since my father passed, which has been three years, mm -hmm. that it felt okay. Hmm. Okay. She was able to cope yeah. with the holiday. And yeah. it wasn't, I wasn't super sad. Sad, yeah. And I, and I remember thinking that too. I remember thinking, hmm, you know, I'm smiling a little bit mm -hmm. and it wasn't so hard. I mean. Did you feel guilty at all for smiling? No. That's good. I've had, um, I think in the beginning when Marcus first passed, um, and I think yeah, it might've been around year three or year four, um, when I finally felt like I was having a decent Christmas yeah. like, or a Christmas or a holiday, you know, a Thanksgiving or something that I was just like, Ooh, maybe I shouldn't be happy. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't feel this relief or this like oh i'm enjoying this moment kind of thing yeah like it wasn't right like i shouldn't like i was cheating on them in some kind of way yeah you know? but um but you can't be sad forever oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah but yeah it's just the thoughts that come yeah how grief plays that into that thought process yeah of everything yeah so yeah the holidays are definitely hard um yeah, <laughs> the holidays are hard. Oh God! Because you remember oh. everything. You remember the times. Um, most most of the time, we live life under routine. Correct. And in routine, you know, my entire life, I have always did the same thing. We've always had brunch in my mom's house. Mm -hmm. My dad cooked the hash browns. He always had a, like a skillet mm -hmm. that he would put in the back room, the very back room to be away from everybody. And he would do his homemade hash browns, okay. like home fries. Okay. It was bomb as hell too, girl. <laughs> um, and like we would go to my mom's house and my brother would cook, mm -hmm. I think grits and I would cook eggs or vice versa. I can't really remember. And, and everybody would come and yeah, and when my dad got sick, um, everything changed, mm -hmm. and I think that's when that's when the grief really sets in. Mm -hmm. I think once you come to terms with the person not being there, grief lasts and lingers because of those moments that you exactly. remember. Exactly. You know. Exactly. I, I yeah, I would say that. I would definitely say that. And nobody could ever get you ready for it. <laughs> you can There's never no be prepared. Yeah. There's no manual. On... I don't care how many books you read. Nope. 
Nope. And I got to say, in the beginning, I did. I was like searching for books. Answers. Yeah, I wanted answers. Yeah. I went through to three different therapists. Yeah. Until I found the me too. fourth one that me, I actually connected me too. with. Yeah. yeah. It, it took me like, three too. <laughs> because I needed, for me, I was angry. I was sad. I was depressed. I was, you name every emotion I had it in yeah. the beginning. And it was just like, I need somebody who can tell me what the hell is really going on. Yeah. Like, how could this happen to me? Yeah. So, and you, you're talking about you lost my husband. Yeah. Yeah. 12, what we're going on 12 years. No, we're at 12 years. It'll be 13 years next year. Yeah. Yeah. So a little backstory, he walked, you know, he was an avid walker for our dog. He walked our dog and it was a Saturday morning and he went out to walk our dog. A young lady lost consciousness at the wheel and hit him and our dog and that i didn't realize she lost consciousness she she was um, sick she had seizures had a seizure and walked and blacked out so um at the wheel and the direction that he was walking in of course it was from behind so that happened and the way i had to find out was you know, you replay that the days in mm-hmm. your in your mind, and mm-hmm. you go through, and you're just like, and you probably ask yourself, I should have did X, Y, Z. Yeah, you're like, what if I would have walked? Them? Yeah, what if I went on a short yeah. Walk? But you know, I had to, I had to realize going through the journey though that it didn't matter if it wasn't that day. Yeah, it was gonna happen. Yeah, because. I had to take it from a biblical standpoint because that was the only way I was gonna understand. Yeah. Um. For somebody who was only 40 years old, and mind you, I was only 35. So I was a 35-year-old widow, like, at the blink of an eye. And how long had you and him been together? 12 years then. And you had yeah. children. Your children was born then, yeah. right? They were three and four. And um, I was just like, what well, is taking them so long? Out here walking the dog. Like, we had plans. We got to take the kids. Yeah. You know, we, like, we got this Saturday planned out. Yeah. You know, we got a three and a four-year-old. We need to eat these jokers right. Yeah. <laughs> and just um something told me to get in the car. I put them in the car. We went out. We lived in an apartment complex then in Virginia Beach. And um I went out and I was like, what is going on up here at the street? And I just asked the cop, like, you know, what is going on? I'm looking for my husband. I haven't seen him. He was walking our dog, blah, 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 blah. And the guy was just like, you know, what did he have on? And then I'm thinking, I didn't even remember what he had on. That was the bad right. part. I was just like you know, it was kind of like I was just waking up. Yeah. So it was kind of like in passing kind of thing. And, um, you know, then I found out, like, they, you know, they told me to park the car and a nice policeman came and sat with the girls and they took me in a cop car and told me. At that point when they had, like, got you out the car, did you know what was going on? Still didn't know what was going on. I didn't know an accident had happened. I didn't know the specifics or anything. Yeah. I just knew it was an ambulance, lots of, you know, um, police cars, the forensics team, you know, all that stuff was out there. Already and, when you went mm-hmm, outside. Yep, when I went out there. That's a lot. It was a lot. It yeah. was a lot. And that's why I was just like, dang, what happened, you know, in our neighborhood or whatever like that. And so, you never thought that it could have been him. Nope. Mm-mm. And it was just like living an out of body experience. Experience. I can understand like, that. Am I really in this? Is this really happening to me? Like, 
And then they're like, well, who do you want to call? And I'm like, I that I, the, I don't know. Like, I'm like, I'm still like, are you talking to me kind of thing? Like, right. am I really here? Is this happening to me? And um, I had, I think I dialed like my sister-in-law first and um, I called her and I couldn't get the word. Like, how the hell do you say that to somebody's family? Yeah. You don't even know. Yeah. It wouldn't happen. So, um, I, you know, the cop ended up talking to her and um, then I called my mom and they end up talking to her and yeah. I'm sorry that happened. Yeah. I appreciate it. Do you feel like um, you've learned how to deal with it and cope? Yeah, I feel like I learned how to deal with it and cope because of counseling. I mean, honestly, like I knew from very, from the beginning that I could not make it without some type of added help. help. Yeah. Yeah. Because I had two girls and it was just like, you know, you feel like, I mean, I had suicidal thoughts. I had, you know, I just, I didn't want to deal with anybody and people, you know, always wanted to be around. And I was just like, okay, I'm not that kind of person. We weren't those kind of people. And it was just like, I don't want people just in my business. You know, then you, you know, you started to question so much and I don't think I let a lot of people in because it was just like, I wanted to deal with this and I wanted to figure it out. But then you had to deal with it and still be a mom. Oh, yeah. That was the problem. That was the problem. But, you know, I think I learned early on in counseling to just let them see whatever I was going through. Yeah. Um, She told me, when she told me that, I was like, at the time, I was like, I don't see me, like, breaking down and all that stuff. But she was like, you know, that's the only way they're going to know that it's okay if they have any questions. Absolutely. At such a young age, you know. This is a life change. They may not understand everything that has happened or what has gone yeah. on, but they know. Okay, Do they remember that day? My 16-year-old does. She said she remembers that day. But my, but Madison, because she was three at the time, she said she, I mean, they're only 13 months apart, but she said she doesn't remember as much. So. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, just, yeah, like you can't, it's a hard functioning thing. Yeah. It's a really hard functioning thing. And just to know that people are like, oh, you know, let me know whatever you need. Like, this isn't that kind of thing. Like, I'm be like, hey, girl, can you come over here yeah. and keep the kids while Because you don't know what you shop? need. I didn't know what I Yeah, needed. you don't know, know what, what you need. You need this shit not to be true. That's what, exactly. that what you need is the day to not be the, the day. <laughs> That's Damn. what I needed was, like, for this to be a bad dream, I was going to wake yeah. up and boom. Yeah. Our little family was going to be back together. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it didn't happen that way. And I learned in counseling that, you know, God already knows when you are in your parents' womb, your Your life. Yeah. The plan for your life. Mm -hmm. And learning that and going through that and just saying, okay, whether it was this or some other way, his time on this earth was spent. And it was already accounted for. So. It was hard to swallow that because I'm like, again, he was only 40 at the time. Yeah. And I was 35. And it was just And like, it was it seemed so unexpected. Exactly. You know? It was like, could could I get a clue? Could I get yeah. somebody You know, just all the feelings. Yeah. Like, just yeah. 
because death comes in so many different forms. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, I think all of it is bad, but I think one of the worst is the unexpected when you had no idea. You yeah. couldn't, I mean, we like to say that we would prepare ourselves, but exactly. you still never you really prepare, prepare for yeah. it. Um, but that, I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Yeah. So how long do you think that you were grieving really hard and when did it become okay to live Mm, that's a good question because in the beginning i was just i was literally just i'm mommy and daddy i just got to get through the day and now you got to figure out parenthood without yeah yeah. it was like moments that's when you was cruising on autopilot oh yeah because it won't even like an hour it'd be like okay 30 minutes okay i didn't succeeded for 30 minutes right today like it was it was scary. Yeah. And um, I, that's when I learned not to try and take things day by day. I took a moment by moment. Oh, absolutely. Second by second. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, I felt like I was okay to try and start living or thinking that, okay, I want to say around year two or three-ish. Because first of all, I felt like, who am I anymore? Yeah. Because I was Marcus's wife. I'm Tamia Maddie's mom. I'm, you know, the mother, the wife, the, you know, everything. Daughter-in-law, daughter, this, that, and the other. And I was like, well, what do I? Let me tell you this. Who am I? That is... I mean, I understand that. Yeah, because now it's a different version of you. Exactly. And you got to figure that out. Discover that. Yeah. That's when I had to learn to discover. Who was I? Because yeah. I didn't remember who I was before I met him. Oh, but you're not who you wasn't. Who and you I wasn't was before. who that. You're somebody completely different. It was completely different. different. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. it was like, who who is this person? Right. What what do I like, or what what yeah. what can make me continue on with my life that I'm going to be fulfilled and know that it's yeah. okay to be fulfilled? But yeah, it took me a while, and my counselor actually made me start dating myself. Like, yeah, I want you to go out to lunch. I want you to, I don't care. You go to a restaurant, you sit there by yourself. Cause I had never done that. I had done it in 12 years. Yeah. And she, I was like, you gotta be crazy. I ain't doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I used to go out my husband. Like I ain't doing that. Yeah. Like, was it weird? It was weird at first. Oh my God. It was weird. I was like, who am I supposed to talk to? <laughs> she, was, yeah. she was like, you don't have to talk to you. You'll be okay. And I was like, no, I won't. <laughs> well, at least you, at least you, you, you thought enough to even listen to what she said exactly. and do it. And she told me to write it down, take a picture. I was there and I had to send it to her. So I did it. I did it. And I, Good for you. it was hard as hell the first time. But then I was like, okay. Yeah. You know, I did it a couple more times and I was like, okay, I can actually be by myself. Yeah. Because the quietness was good and bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And quietness is good and bad. For it's me. scary if you if you if you can't sit by yourself. That quietness burns people it up. Burns you up. Oh, yeah. And it will fuck your mind. Oh, it absolutely. Really will fuck your mind and your thoughts. That's why a lot of people don't like to sit by with themselves. Oh, period. Yeah. I mean, let alone grief throwing in the oh, pocket. Oh shit! A Just lot of people period. don't yeah. like to sit with themselves yeah. because to sit with yourself and listen to your own thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I know people who can't be alone. And I ain't even talking about just relationship-wise. Just I know people who can't be alone, who can't sit with themselves, mm-hmm. who always got something to say, like can't 
they always want to fill up the space. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's scary. Yeah. That's a scary place that to be. That is very scary. And, yeah. You know, if at that point I didn't, yeah, I wasn't cool with that. So yeah. I needed, you know, because I went from Toya who was married to these set of friends to Toya who's now a widow. Yeah. With people don't know how to handle you. No, and you're like, but you know what? Half me. of that shit you used to like or talk about, you probably don't even have the interest in nope, that. We didn't have the interest. Yeah, mm-hmm. like your interest has changed now. Your heart is full and heavy. Yep. And I, you, I'm sure that you, your mindset is different. What you want to talk about is different. Exactly. What you need from your friends is different. Yep. The maturity level. It, it oh, made yeah. you mature and become an adult like really, really fast. Yeah. And sometimes I felt like, well, am I missing out on some of the things I probably would be doing at this age or am I, I just fast forwarded really fast. I mean, I, I, I don't even know. Like, no. You know, using still in mid thirties kind of, you know, I was mid thirties thinking probably like I was 50. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, I, I ain't missing know. out on shit. I, I, know, I mean, right I know now. I ain't really miss out on shit. Pause. <laughs> she ain't missed out on nothing. Like, I know I, did. I didn't really miss out on anything. I know I didn't. I know I didn't. So now after this time and cause like you're dating now and you've mm-hmm. been with your partner for how long? Uh, going on eight years. Yep. So how does the, now that you're in a relationship and I know you and him have a very good relationship. Um, and I love that for you. How does, how does the grief work for you now? Because I'm sure you're still grieving. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you still remember. You still have those children, mm-hmm. which reminds you of your husband. Yep. So now that you're in a relationship, and, and before you answer that, ask, answer how long did it take for you to start dating after your husband died? Um, one, two, three, almost four years. Oh, okay, I think it was almost four. That's years. a good amount of time. Yeah, yeah. Was it easy for you today? Oh no! <laughs> oh shit! No! Oh god! No! dating i was like what the hell is this this was different because when i met him i was 21. Mm -hmm. so we talking about what 1998 ish or something Mm -hmm. we talk about now in these 20 this 2000 ish Mm -hmm. the world was different oh absolutely people were different you know you were different though oh i was very different i ain't even gonna lie like i I did one on match.com I had a friend suggest that. Let me say this. I know a lot of people. <laughs> I went on that. I know a lot of people who have gotten married and met their spouse All from that. Match.com. Yeah, I yeah. know a lot of people. I have did several women here that say they met their and it spouse. Out and it, yeah, yeah, and they're happy. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not opposed to yeah, it. Yeah, I did. I tried that. That was like my first thing of getting back yeah. out there because it was like, where the hell am I gonna meet you in the grocery store? Yeah, I ain't but either at Target or the grocery store. <laughs> if I'm gonna meet you, it's gonna be in one of them two places. Right. So, well, I'm picking up this toilet paper at Target. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So on my lunch break, you know, why the kids, you know, yeah, that whole thing. But yeah, I was like, how I'm gonna meet you? So I I did try that for a little bit. That was a failed thing for me. Yeah, <laughs> I met a few psychos. But- I okay. only meet cycles online. <laughs> I only meet cycles online. I was online. like, is this what the pool is out? Is this what's in the pool? Ooh, child. Oh, God. But, um, what was your question? You just asked me about him. Oh, how does grief look with him? Yeah. So grief is 
because I got myself to a point where I actually was willing to open my heart again. Yeah. Because I was definitely on the, I will never get married. I don't want to love anybody. Anyway, <laughs> I don't want to love anybody. I don't want to care about anybody in that. Because I feel like, you know, Scared. when I was going through that, I Scared. said, I don't want that same thing to happen. Yeah. yeah. I would have never gotten married mm-hmm. if I would have known it was going to end like this. Yeah. But um, grief with us is, I still have it. I yeah, still have it. Cause it don't go nowhere. No, it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. You just learn to live with it. Yeah. And that piece of my heart and my soul still is married, you know, still belongs yeah. to that person I love. I mean, that's never gonna go away. Right. And he understands that. Good that's for you. the thing. Is you gotta have a partner that understands it don't matter. I don't care who you've lost in your life. Mm-hmm. That person needs to understand that is always a part of you. Absolutely. It don't I've known some people who have lost parents, significant others, and their significant other would be like, well, you should be over that. No, there's no such thing. Yeah. If you had a good relationship with that person, that person is always a part of your life. Yeah, absolutely. So he under he gets that. I mean, that, um, you know, I have those moments. I still think about my anniversary. I As still you think should. about his birthday. Yeah. You know, the kids' birthdays as they achieve things in school, yeah, all that stuff. You know, yeah. it's still um, it's it's hard. It's hard because you're just like, wow, he's not here to see this. And I'm sure that um, at times your children grieve. Even, oh, no doubt. That's mm-hmm. a that's what I'm saying. It's so many layers to yep. to grieving. And even yep. though they were so young and they didn't have like years of a relationship with mm-hmm. him. I'm sure as they're becoming and they're growing and they're becoming little ladies, like little adults, that they still, that they grieve. A different type of grief than you'll ever understand now. Exactly. And it is. It is. And the thing that I do appreciate about them is that they will talk about it. Yeah. And I I have always, and that's what I said from that very beginning when my counselor told me to go through that and do that with them, you know, just to be honest. Yeah. Um, And not to hide yeah you know that that has worked that has worked with them it has really worked i mean it it has been hard i know when they see parents at school or dad certain dad days and that kind of stuff and you know father's day and um it it is hard It, it is hard for them and i don't take that away i don't belittle that in any sense yeah yeah but definitely going through grief um losing him helped me in my relationship now. Really? Why you say that? I think it helped me because when it happened to the person I'm with now, when he lost his parent, yeah. suddenly. You knew how to handle it. I kind of knew how to handle it. And yeah. Where to play. Yeah. And yeah. just how to be there. I think it's imperative. Um, it helps. Let me Let me say not imperative. Because it might not happen. But I know that when you're grieving, it's helpful to have people around you who just get it. Correct. Because what I realize, mm-hmm. um, I've only lost one person mm-hmm. in my entire life, um, my dad. Yep. And what I realize is that people really don't know what to say or do with you if they've never been through it. And it just helps to have people who genuinely care, who get it. Exactly. Now, the only way 
to have somebody around you, in my opinion, who have never been through it, um, but they're good for you is like if they have empathy. If exactly. they if they have they empathy, empathy uh-huh. like it, it comes across different. But what I realize is that you can't compare grief. No, you can't. First of mm-hmm. all, let's be clear. You can't compare you grief. You can't understand it. And it it comes and goes in waves. <laughs> I mean, it comes and goes in waves. Like once you've come to, once you realize that the person is gone and you're, you know, you've come to terms with that. Yep. Now you have to deal with the rest of your life. Exactly. And for me, I mean, literally you could be fine. Like you could be fine. And then um, I'm never going to forget being in Target one day and I'm in the wine section, mm-hmm. right? And it it had it had came over me so hard that I literally left my basket right where it was at and I just left. Like literally ran up out that store mm-hmm. as if I had stole something because it it hits you so hard and it's it's like suffocating. Yep. So tell me this. <clears throat> Did you feel grief? Did you, how do you think you handled, do you feel like you was feeling grief when you were caring for your Oh yeah, I'm so glad you asked that. More so, like how was your... I think I grieved my dad. So my dad had Alzheimer's and I was his caretaker. Mm -hmm. He lived with me um, for a little while and then I rehomed him to a private care facility. And I don't think I realized the feelings I had until I started therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, But I definitely grieved him the entire time because with Alzheimer's, it's a memory Mm kind of disease. So like the person that I grew up with, the man that I love was no longer there. It didn't sway the way I loved him. You know, I still loved him because we had already built that relationship. But I definitely was like he didn't know who I was. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the same guy that was strong, and he just wasn't the same guy. And I I grieved that the whole time, um, the entire time, the entire mm-hmm. time. You know, um, I I literally watched my father die. Mm-hmm. Like I watched him die slowly. It was like a slow, slow. Yep. kind of thing where. Um, that dementia, Alzheimer's, that shit is fucking crazy. It takes over. You know, my dad was a, a very strong man. Mm-hmm. He was a man's man. And to watch him in the end, not really know how to walk, not really talk. I saw him slowly like go backwards and slowly not know like the simple things. And that's hard. You still show up every day exactly. as if it's nothing. Yeah. You know, you're still, I still showed up every day as if it was, and I spent as much time with him as I could. Like if I wasn't working, I was with him. Mm-hmm. You know, if I knew it was a day that um, this is now he's in the facility and he's kind of like bad off. Mm-hmm. And let me mention that the pandemic had came and oh, that man. shit was crazy. So if it I was knew. hard to get in there then. Oh yeah, but I literally talked my shit. Yeah, I was. You was like, listen to me. You was letting me in there. Oh yeah, it's either you let me in here or I'm bringing him home with me. Yeah, yeah. There's no other way about it. I yeah. don't give a fuck. Like you're either gonna let me in here. There's no way I'm just gonna go months without seeing him. That is. Oh 
I don't even trust y'all. Like I, I yeah. mean, it's a good facility. Exactly, but, but still, like I need to see my. I need I'm pulling the hell up. Open the door. By that time, they had the codes on the door, okay. so you had to like let me in. I'm, I'm either listen. You either let me in, mm. or he's coming home with me. That's you figure it out. You figure it out. I'm fine either way, and they definitely let me in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they, but but I think that I had already um, proven that I was somebody that was there all the time. Exactly. Sidebar is in these facilities. You see that um, a lot of people don't have visitors and stuff. Uh-huh. But I was one that, I, like I said, if I had to work all day, I would go there in the morning, take him to the diner hall. At this point, I was just telling him that I'm taking him to breakfast. Okay. And um, there was a chef in there. She would crack me an egg, have me a cup of coffee, and that was my time with him. Okay. And I, I just spent as much time as possible. But to answer your question, I definitely grieved a lot. A lot. So much so that... I'm sure that part of grieving, mm-hmm. I'm I'm sure I had already went through that. So once my dad passed, I wasn't grieving that because exactly. I had already lost, lost him. him. So you had already grieved. Yeah, I had that. already okay. Okay. lost him. That makes sense. That makes sense. That makes yeah. Sense. yeah. I mean. That's hard, but yeah, you had already gone through that loss because of how he was slowly going down absolutely and it's, it was a slow and him. to be honest it was a slow roll until it was like literally a slow roll until the end and even though i knew that he was sick and i knew that it wasn't going to last forever like at some point he was going to pass mm-hmm. when he when he passed it still took my breath away oh no doubt no doubt. It's still it didn't matter that you was already grieving this. And yeah, that but you, you kind of knew some it way was coming. in your mind you think that you're preparing yourself. No, there's no way to prepare yourself for oh that my feeling. God. For that feeling. For somewhere in my mind, I really thought I was preparing myself for his demise. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was spending so much time with him that I would be okay. You know, exactly. like, cause I did my part, you know, yeah. that I would be okay. But even when he passed, it was like a whole different mm. type of feeling. Mm. It was, it had me in a choco. Like, oh, I believe it. I, you know, my dad, um, me and my dad were really close. We didn't get close until I was about 18. Mm-hmm. But I mean, shit, he died when I was what, 43? Yeah. So from yeah. 18 to 43, that's a substantial relationship. Exactly. exactly. You know, my me and my dad talked all the time. Um we talked all the time. We was always around each other. Um always listening to music and drinking. I could go sit at his house for hours. And just chit-chat. Even just... when I lived in Charlotte, yeah. and I would come home on the weekends to do hair, I stayed at my dad's house. Okay. I didn't okay. stay at my mom's house. I stayed at my dad's house. Okay. You know, my friends would come to my dad's house. Mm-hmm. Anybody, any one of my clients that I've had for years knows my dad. He was always around. He was just one of those type of people. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I still miss him right now. Like right now, it's the grief comes from me with never having that relationship again. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I would, no, I'm grown. That's a father figure. I will never have that kind of relationship with anybody. Um, I don't think people say enough that 
people experience grief differently. Exactly. It does I not agree. get better. I hate when people say time heals everything. They're time lying. Time doesn't heal that. No. What you learn to do is live, live with, with it. it. Yes. You learn yes, to live with, with it. And if you don't, you're doing yourself a disjust. Yeah. Uh, a dis, you know, a and as for, for you, that, I yeah. felt so emotionally out of control that I went to therapy. Yeah. Just because I was so emotionally out of control. Mm-hmm. And and not like anybody could see it. It wasn't yeah. it and it's it's like um things it I know this is gonna sound crazy. It's almost like you're feeling emotions and things in your body that nobody could see. see. Almost exactly. like a constant scream uh-huh. that nobody could see or hear. Exactly. And and yep. at that point it it's kinda like Everything somebody says or does doesn't even fucking matter. Nope. It's like you Mm-mm. you can't. Nope. Mm-mm. Sidebar is, this might be a little crazy, but I hate when people try to compare grief. It's almost like, oh, I understand. I lost my grandma. And it's like, you okay, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry for your loss. Exactly. But you don't understand my grief. Exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah. I hate when people compare grief. No, you can't compare it. You can't compare it. And I think when we were talking one other time and I was just like, you know, regardless of who we lost, we both went through the process. Yeah. Like, you know, it's grief is, you know, we were dealing with it ourselves yeah. in our own ways mm-hmm. and stuff. But yeah, you can't compare like, oh, well, you lost your dad and oh, you lost your husband. Oh, well, that's different. You know, it's a parent versus, no, it's, it, you know, grief is grief. Absolutely. These people meant something to us in a way that no one could ever replace that. Now that's I, that's that's that. I, I do think um in terms of grief, what people um go through that is the same is the five stages of grief. Oh grief. Which is denial, anger, yep. bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And yep. I still go to therapy now, three years later. And my therapist, um, we often look at the chart yep. to see where I'm at. I think I'm I finally have reached the acceptance. Yep. But I remember the first year, my for the very first year my dad passed, I used to always say, I can't believe that nigga left me. Mm-hmm. I said it all the time. Like, I can't be- believe I, he left you. Yep. Why the hell would he leave me? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't, I would say that all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like, I can't believe that nigga left me. Like, and I would say it just like that. Like, I can't, like, why would he do that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, oh. yeah, yeah. And I, when I was in therapy, um, one of the things she would have me do on a weekly basis, um, because I was, in the beginning, the first two years, I think I went weekly. Then I yeah. went to bi-weekly, I think, maybe year three or something. Yeah. Because I was kind of starting to feel a little bit better. But um, I would write down, like, something that was a trigger. Anything that triggered me yeah. during that week. Everything. And um, <laughs> write down how it made me feel mm-hmm. and, you know, what emotions did I feel and that kind of thing. And kind of, like, how did I feel getting myself back? right i guess from that yeah Mm -hmm. and you know i would go through that and we would talk about that in each um session and i was just like you know it's amazing the things that trigger you yeah you know like and to be frank i know drive i was driving past where we used to live i drive past there all the time i mean literally all the time yeah because it's not far from where i am now but um i drove past there a couple weeks ago and i felt like 
I literally was back in the first yeah. moment of that. Like I hadn't even thought of it. I'm just driving. I think I was going to the car dealership, taking my car or something. And I was just like driving through there. And I don't know what in my mind or my subconscious just made me like, oh my God. Then I started going down this rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. I was like, <laughs> how did he feel? Oh my God. What did he die on impact? Then you I know, was that like, is, that then mind. I was like, oh my God. Like, I mean, was he like calling out for us? Did he like say yeah. my name? You know, like yeah. what what could have happened? Like, I mean, it this is I mean, we talking about 12 years later. Like Yeah. That mind is that your mind is definitely um it could take you some places, especially mm -hmm. in grief. Especially, I mean, grief. if yep. you don't even know how to reel it back in, if you don't know how to reel it back in, like, honestly, your mind can have you definitely. So I live up the street from where my dad's services was. Mm -hmm. He didn't have a church service because mm -hmm. he was cremated. Okay. But he had a, a, a you know, like a, a viewing. Yeah, okay. And it's right up the street. It's like across the street from Boo Williams. Okay. And okay. I don't go down that street often, but when I do, if the light stops, if the light stops and I'm right there, I'm in a daze. Like I can, I can still remember the moment that they asked me to come pick up his ashes, mm -hmm. his remain. I still remember seeing him laying there. It, it's such an eerie it's feeling. It's a very eerie feeling. Yeah. It's a very eerie feeling. And I mean, if you get into that, um, the aspect of the death and you, you know, because you go to this funeral home and I'm picking out this stuff. And, you know, I like I said, I didn't and, know and like to be book. honest, to be honest, when somebody dies and you go to that funeral home, you don't give a shit what you pick. I didn't, I didn't give a, and like my parent, my, my oh, mom God. and my brother made me pick. Mm -hmm. I didn't give a shit. Yeah. Like, I'm, I was... And then, hold on. To be completely honest, when somebody dies, mm -hmm. that going to the funeral home and pick, that shit moves so fast. My dad passed mm -hmm. at three o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. on February the 10th. They literally called me. What was it? Three. He probably passed at like two 15 in the morning. Mm -hmm. I mean, we go to the facility. We spend time with him. The corn, when let me tell you this, when the corner came around that corner mm -hmm. at like six o'clock in the morning, when with that bed, uh, it's the it's the what is it called? The person that comes to get the body. Yeah, there was a corner to pick up the uh, baby. The, uh, the, yeah, I'm never gonna about. forget that feeling. Yeah. When so when we go to the when when he's passed and we i remember not wanting to get out the car uh -huh. and at that time i was married and mm -hmm. my wife was just telling me to take my time you know so i'm sitting there I do, i'm smoking cigarettes back to back i i, I don't cuz i don't know what i'm about to, yeah, i've never seen know. a dead party exactly. body I before i don't know is. so i so once i go in there it's i i feel an extreme calmness come over me mm -hmm. i'm in there i'm talking to my dad my mom comes in there has a full-blown asthma attack mm -hmm. my brother is not gonna make it down the hallway he's not his wife is literally walking in front of him because at any moment he's falling to his knees it i can remember this day like it was yesterday and i felt extreme calmness mm -hmm. you know i'm just talking to my dad just thanking him for just being a good father, for being there, for taking care of me, for raising me. Everything is fine. But at six o'clock, so we're sitting there three hours looking at my dad's body and waiting for the undertaker to oh, come. Yeah, the undertaker, yeah. Wait for him to come. Baby, when they come around that corner, 
with that damn bed and that body bag. Done. When I say done, I was like, what, what's going on? Where are you going? Where are you taking him? Like, why are you zipping up that bag? Yeah. Why is this person that I know? Why are you, and be careful with him. What the hell are you doing? Like it it literally, that is the moment that it became real. Mm -hmm. What's crazy is that's about six o'clock in the morning. You go back. I remember, I remember thinking, damn, I ain't got no vodka at home. And it's too early to go to the liquor store. You know, like really, I needed a damn drink. So by the time I get home and I'm finally like relaxing, they're calling. I got to be at the funeral home at 12 o'clock. That time moves yeah, so fast. It does move fast. They don't even give you time to like really inhale what has happened. happened. It's like when yep. somebody passes, you literally have not, you just have a couple of hours to get your thoughts together before you're like literally like now let's talk about the funeral. Let's exactly. talk about how you're going to bury them or however you're going to do with their remains. Exactly. And it's like, you're still in shock. Yeah, exactly. Still in <laughs> shock. Yeah. And see, the for me, mine was over a Labor Day weekend. No, yeah, Labor Day weekend in September. So it's that first weekend in September. Mm-hmm. So I had Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I feel like, yeah, till two, like I had to deal with that. It was just like a sitting, waiting kind of thing. Like, you know, you got to wait for the funeral. They got to get it. You know, go get the body. For I feel like that. I, I honestly feel just, like. That might have been a little bit better. Like, I'm not saying your situation, yeah. you know, but I just kind of feel like it gave you time to at least try to process, process yeah. what had happened. I still hadn't. Because, yeah. right. Yeah. Because I to be had. in full-blown shock. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, you need to come in here like two hours. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I just saw him. Because I remember them like, calling me. Tomorrow? Them calling me. My brother is calling me like, we need to be at the funeral home at 12 o'clock. And I was like. Can I come tomorrow at 12? Like, I mean, what we got to um, do this Because right what does now? that even mean? So you don't even have time to grieve at that part. Nope. You know, until now, you get everything together for the services. Uh-huh. You get no obituary. So you don't really have time to grieve until nope. it's completely over. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And really, when it's over. When it's over. And then those and feelings quiet, set then in. And the quietness sets in. Then those feelings set Everybody's in. Everybody's gone. Yeah. And it's the call me if you need me. Let me know if you need it. I'm really not going to let you know. Let's just FYI. That's me going through grief. I'm really not going to let you know. And how many people stick around? (laughs) They don't know how to handle you. They don't know what to say. I mean, like, I'm not going to fault everybody because they really don't know what to say. I really didn't know how to handle myself. Correct. I didn't know what I needed. Don't yeah. tell me I need this. No, I don't need that. Okay, I may have needed that, but don't tell me I needed that. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. It was all I could do to keep some normalcy in the house Yeah. for two young kids. Like, I didn't want them to skip a beat. Yeah. I didn't want them to miss out on, like, oh, my God, you know, mommy's just laid up in the bed all day. Like, you know, I still got up, got dressed, got us dressed took you to where you needed to be and I handled my day. So let me ask you this. My therapist mm-hmm. asked me this a lot. What do you do to honor your husband's memory? Um, A lot of time. Well, mainly I know with the girls, we talk about him all the time. We talk about all the things that I know about him. You have a lot of pictures and stuff. Mm-hmm. Lots of pictures, um, lots of memories, um, yeah. things with them and without them. Um, we used to go out to the grave. For me, the grave doesn't do anything. 
Really? Because <laughs> the spirit of the person is gone. Yeah. I feel like this is a shell. Yeah. So the grave only makes me feel I the buried him. Correct. I buried him where I buried him mainly for his family. Does your girls ever ask to go to the gravesite? Yeah, I take them with me. Yeah, I take them. I'm with talking me. about do they ever ask? No, like, they don't ask. No, mm-hmm. they don't ask. But I do take them. Like if we do go, we go for his birthday. Like when he turned on, um, I forgot how old it was. We took balloons of that amount out there and oh released. yeah, we'll do things like that. But um, I I I want to I want them to know about him how I knew about him. Yeah. So I try to keep that. I try and tell them like, you know, Thanksgiving we would do this. Christmas we would do yeah. that. And we try and do those kind of things. I still think when they get older that mm-hmm. gravesite is going to be a place that they can go to feel connection. True. Very true. Yeah. And like, you know, when they were first born, he would we would always do a card, um, a birthday card for each kid and he would he would write a message in there. So I kept them cards oh, yeah, all perfect. the way until um, maybe up a few years ago. And I let them open them up and read them and actually see his handwriting and that kind of thing. Yeah, that's and perfect. feel that connection and how he felt about them. Mm-hmm. So you would know, you know, he wasn't a figment of your imagination, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, my therapist always asks me about what do I do to honor my yeah, dad's memory? Yeah. Well, again, me and my dad listen to music a lot. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, behind you, I have my dad's urn. I have um, a candle with his face on it. Somebody gifted me. Mm-hmm. And I have all his music and record players. So, yeah. So, when I'm really in that mode, I really... So, like, lately, I've been listening to the Donny Hathaway station mm. on Pandora. And because that music takes me back to being with him yeah like even i would go to his house and he would i have all my dad's music his a track his records and we would listen to music and we would drink and he would cook um so those times like um on his birthday or holidays i light the candle up i listen to his records Mm -hmm. and i really just you know say a prayer me and my daughter on his birthday and holidays and stuff, we light the candle and we just remember him mm-hmm. and we talk to him, you know, yep. um, anytime I'm feeling really blue though, a lot of times I just turn on a radio station mm-hmm. that connects me to him. Yeah. And even what's so crazy is, you know, I'm a bu- big music lover. Love my dad it, yep. was a you music are. lover. Mm-hmm. So when I'm at work and I'm playing my playlist, I have songs that come up that I added because of my dad. Okay. It will be songs that I listen to with my dad and it still makes me smile a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Have you ever felt like um you felt the presence of your Oh gosh, yes. And even to this day, I still have his clothes. Yeah. I keep his clothes um and I have two closets in my bedroom i keep his clothes in the bedroom in the closet that's off of my um all of them all of them i have them all down to the boxer shorts yeah i even have the outfit that he passed away in i vacuum sealed it washed it and vacuum sealed it into a bag i I kept it i have it all yeah and i for the longest time i would smell like the cologne that he would wear when he was getting ready for work in the morning I would just smell it in the bathroom. And it was like, okay, but he hasn't been here. 
And then when I moved into the house, because we were living in an apartment, I moved into the house, I still was smelling. And it was weird. It was weird as hell. So I'm like, he's never been in here. Never yeah. been in this house. You feel like that was his presence? Oh, yeah. It was definitely his presence. Letting me know that he he hadn't left us. He was still with us. Like, I still, I believed in all that. I believe for I a believe. while in the beginning, he came into my dreams. I mean, he kind of stopped over the years. But in the beginning, the first few years, he would come into my dreams. Now, one time I felt my dad's presence. Um, the beginning of this year, me and my daughter went to Tulum. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was February. Mm-hmm. And um, we are getting a couple's massage, me and my daughter. So we're in the same room. And my daughter's drunk. We went to swim in the cenotes mm-hmm. all day. And we come back because we're getting a couple's massage. And I remember her being intoxicated a little bit. And she's like, you know, asking a lady, can my mom play her music? So my daughter's, and I, she's passed out sleep getting a massage. And I'm sitting there getting a massage. Mm-hmm. And the song comes on that me and my dad will listen to. And it, it for a second, like for the whole duration of the song, it was like I could feel Damn it him. all over me. Mm-hmm. And I remember raising my head, looking around, because I want to know, do you see what the hell is going on? Because I yeah. had never felt it before. Yeah. But it was like really strong. Now I'm like teary-eyed. And I'm sitting there like we're in a room. Mm-hmm. In Tulum, Mexico, getting these massages. The music is on. The song comes on. I think it's the Osley Brothers or something. And we and I feel him all over me. Like, and it felt like he was sitting in a chair in a corner. Right there. And I'm looking around. And nobody else is paying attention. Nobody yeah. else could feel it. But it felt so strong. I felt like they they had to feel it. Exactly. It it felt it made me feel warm on the inside exactly. all over. Uh-huh. And when the song went off, that feeling went away. Yeah. But it was like a welcoming. It was like a welcoming kind of relief that you oh felt like my he was God. there. It uh-huh. was so crazy. Uh-huh. I had never. And I don't think I've ever felt that feeling again. It was weird. Because you it were like, was weird. Know, another And I remember holding my head up, looking around. Like, it's almost like, do y'all see what the hell is going on? Do you see this shit? Are y'all here? Y'all right. know where I'm at, right? <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know. Yeah, <laughs> nobody. You know, my daughter is getting her massage. The masseuse, the two masseuse are doing their thing. Nobody's paying attention. Yeah. Like, and I, it was it was so overwhelming that I just knew that they had to see what's going on. It literally felt like he was just in the corner staring at us, and I'm sure that was his presence. Uh huh. It was. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing when it happens. Yeah. It really is a beautiful thing. It's a sad, but it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. But it's it's those things that make you feel it. It does warm you. Yeah. It warms you. It lets you know that they haven't left you. They're still there with you. I they find myself in you. these big moments in my life wanting to like ask some questions and talk uh-huh. to them. When I brought my town home, I really wanted him to look at it. Mm-hmm. You know, I what wanted him think? to tell me what the foundation looked yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. What do you think about the interest rate? Exactly. <laughs> what, just, what you think? You think it's a good piece of pride? Yeah, because like, he missed, was good. Yeah, yeah, that was his thing. Yeah. I missed having that. And that, and again, that's where the grief comes in. Yep. The grief comes in and it sets in and it's it, it doesn't come as often as it used to. And again, I think this holiday season is the first time I felt okay. Mm-hmm. I'm finding comfort and listening 
to music that we connected over. And I am also allowing, one thing I've learned to do is I've learned to allow myself to feel the feelings. Oh yeah. To not yeah. be ashamed of the feelings. Nope. And I, I've i learned this year to sit with myself. Yep. Because it, there is, you can't explain it to anybody. And it's not about getting you to understand what I feel. Exactly. It's about being okay with what I feel and processing it. Exactly. And a lot of time it doesn't have anything to do with anybody else. No, it doesn't. And the thing that the one thing that you have to realize too with the grief and how you're processing it, you're doing it in a healthy way. Yeah. Healthy healthy grief is this. like cuz there's a lot of people who do not process it in a very healthy way. I was use. so scared though. I was so scared about not processing it in a healthy way. That's definitely what sent me to therapy. Mm -hmm. And I'm on a prayer line every morning and it helps it helps me personally tremendously. Like I said, I was so emotionally out of control, mm -hmm. like scared of my own emotions. I was so freaking angry and hurt and sad. I never thought that I would feel better. Yeah. And yeah. I'm and I'm not one of those people who feel like it's the end of the world. Exactly. You know, it's, exactly. but it was so scary for yep. me to go down this rabbit hole of sadness. Yep. And it's ugly. It's ugly. It's not a pretty, it's not a pretty path. It's not a pretty walk. It's which, ugly. Which leads me to say that you have to fight for your happiness. No doubt. You have to yeah. fight for your sanity. Mm -hmm. You have to fight for your happiness and yep. your sanity. Like you definitely have to. And when you know that you're not feeling the best, maybe take yourself out of the situations that, you know, will make you feel worse. Exactly. And and find and you some healthy thing. outlets. Uh -huh. You have to find what works. And if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. Yeah. And it's okay. Mm -hmm. People have to realize, and I had to realize that, I think I avoided a lot of situations because I didn't want to hear, oh, well, oh, absolutely. you and their dad or, you know, oh, where's their dad? Or, you know, I don't, I wasn't ready for them questions. Yeah. It took me a while to get ready for them questions. Yeah. So I became more introverted because I was more of an extrovert when we were married. Yeah. That then I became more of an introvert because I was like, don't ask me anything. I'm not trying to go to a birthday party and y'all have a whole bunch of, oh, absolutely. you know, and then I got around people, you know, that were married. And like I said, they'd be like, oh my God, you know, he's on, you know, he's out of the country you hate for three weeks and for you? I gotta, I gotta take care of three kids by myself. And I'm like, bitch, please. Like, that's my life. Yeah. Like, you know, don't, you know, that kind of stuff would just ball, just, ugh. Mm -hmm. That would just anger me. Cause I'm like, Dude, you got somebody who's gonna come home to you hopefully in three weeks. Like, yeah, that's okay. You gotta do your job for like three weeks alone. Yeah, it's but okay. you can't expect them to understand. How I know you, feel. I, you can't, and you can't expect somebody to feel that. But I would avoid a lot of situations because of that. Because mm -hmm. I just was like, if I'm not gonna feel happiness, or I'm not gonna feel better from it, fuck it. I didn't want to be a bar. I didn't want to be bothered with it. Yeah, I had to protect my peace. You better. I had to protect my peace. You better. Cause it was like, <laughs> yeah, I had to protect that. Yeah. Yeah. I really did. So I totally understand. Yeah. You got to look out for yourself and especially when grief is concerned. Yeah. Cause everybody doesn't know how to handle you. 
they don't know how to, they don't know what you're feeling. They don't know how to relate to it. And like you said, if they don't have empathy, if they not, if they are not an empathetic person. <laughs> Let me just say this for the people that's listening. Stop comparing your damn grief. <laughs> stop it's the most annoying thing. Oof. My father passed. Don't tell me your grandma passed and you get it. I don't want to hear about that. I don't want to compare over who's mm-hmm. hurt the most. Oh, how did he die? What? She died? Blah, blah, blah. I hate that. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I've actually told people. <laughs> I've actually told people, like, I don't want to talk about that shit. And that's okay. That is your right. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. You, I'm not. That is no. your right. Mm-mm. You do not have to go. You do not have to do that. You do not absolutely have to do that. Don't ever feel like you have yeah. to. Yeah, because I, yeah. Yeah. Well, it is holiday time, so I I definitely, you know, we definitely encourage everybody to find something that makes you smile. Yep. And definitely. to honor your feelings and honor the grief, mm-hmm. you know, um it's hard. Nobody can tell you how to feel nope. and it's not easy and it doesn't it you learn how to live with it. Exactly. Yep. You learn how to live with those emotions and those feelings, you know? Um, it's not easy, but yeah, you do. You learn to live with them. And the holiday time, I guess, I guess what's the worst about the holiday time is it's such a, excuse me, joyous time. Mm-hmm. It's a time where families get together. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I'm, so, I'm so sorry. You okay? You okay? <coughs> it's a time where families get together and I miss holidays with my dad. I mean, <coughs> I miss my dad would come on Christmas, want some liquor to put in his coffee, and be like, we celebrate Jesus' birthday. All right, now, Daddy. I love it. Oh, my gosh. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I miss it. Yeah. I pray that everybody has a, a good holiday and that yep, I definitely <coughs> you know that tomorrow will come. Yep. And it'll be a better day. It will yeah. be. If not, work on making it better. Absolutely. Yep. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you. For uh, Two Scorpios Cruising on Autopilot. Yeah. I'm Mo. And I'm Toya. And remember to be good to yourself. Remember that. Make sure you follow us on IG at a conversation with Two Scorpios Cruising on Autopilot. And TikTok at Two Scorpios on Autopilot. Make sure now when you're on Instagram, you can follow us um, on Spotify. Make sure you like, follow, comment. Give us your feedback. Let us know if you're liking it, what we need to work on, what you want to hear more of, um, what you like, what you don't like, because we're just trying to get better along the way. That's right. We want you to share it, share it, share it, share it, share it. Share it to the world all the time, okay? (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye.